0: It's the Quotidian. It's episode 21 with Grace Helbig and Elliot Morgan. Welcome to the Quotidian Podcast. I'm Bradley Dennis. This week inaugurates the series Love and Work, focusing on the interplay of relationships and creativity. I'm speaking this week with the couple Grace Helbig and Elliot Morgan. I met Grace in the fall of 2020 as we both began work in our graduate studies at the Pacifica Graduate Institute. Her then fiance and now husband, Elliot, joined another cohort at the same school diving into the world of archetypal depth psychology, the psychology of the unconscious, to add to their already enormous breadth of knowledge of the human psyche and the spirit through the lens of comedy. Both Grace and Elliot are well known to the YouTube community, having been content generators for over a decade, in Grace's case for 15 years in groundbreaking offerings such as Daily Grace. They're comedians as well as extremely observant, deep thinkers, and it was only natural that two people with such incredible talents would fall madly in love. We spoke about their history together, about the dangers of social media in an age of anxiety, and how these tools can be used to transform rather than simply amuse, entertain, and edify. This podcast is produced by Carolina Commons, which exists to foster the creative spirit in individuals, teams, and communities to encourage good faith communication and lift the human condition towards finding meaning and purpose. To learn more, visit www.CarolinaCommons.org. And if you like what you hear and you want to support our work, please check out our Patreon page patreon.com slash The Quotidian. You'll receive great gifts, exclusive content, and the chance to be on the show. We are grateful for your listenership and welcome your feedback and support. And now, enjoy the buoyant, generous, and joyful spirits of Grace Helbig and Elliot Morgan. Grace Elliot, it is a pleasure to have you on the quotidian. Thank you guys so much for being here. It's great to see your faces. How are you?
1: It's so good. Thank you for having us. Yeah,
2: thank you. Uh, dude, I think we're doing pretty well. This yeah. Week, we're, yeah.
1: This week <laughs> we're doing yeah. well. This Today, week.
2: this hour, we're doing very well.
1: <laughs> on this day, in this moment of time. <laughs> this
2: hour. It's good. We'll, we'll see how we're doing in ten minutes. Yeah. We'll check in again. How are you, Bradley? Yeah. Yeah. I'll do my best to keep you entertained. I'm doing okay.
0: Um, I thought I had. The virus. The corona. (gasps) Two days ago, I got back from a week-long retreat, and my throat started getting scratchy, and I was really tired, and I went, oh, crap. Okay. It's, you know, it's taken me three years, and now I'm finally getting it.
1: Oh, man.
2: You're co-virgin, or whatever they're called.
1: Is that what it is? Yeah.
2: If you haven't had it, if you've never had COVID, you're a (laughs) co-virgin. Wow. I am one, so it's...
0: Yes, I'm one of those ridiculously... Lucky, I guess. Yeah, people. Although nice. I'm really worried that when it does hit, it's gonna slap me silly. Yeah, and I'm maybe this is so, um, that's this telling. is your
1: test run. Also, yeah. Bradley, we can't yeah. see your face anymore right Could now. Be. I don't know if that's.
0: Ah, there we go. Yeah, no, that would bad. that would be my internet.
1: Thanks, internet. <laughs> you're, so, you're charming. No <laughs> worries, just making sure. So I was like, charming. Bradley said hello, and then he said, "Nope, yeah. you're not gonna uh, look." I so- and we're done. <laughs> see ya see ya nope can't see me
0: yeah I think all of the signal will actually go up to the cloud and do its magical thing okay, regardless right.
2: of whether or not we can cool. see we will persevere so we I have all here.
1: the backup stuff happening on the recording end so all good that's amazing
2: you guys our are producers beautiful. are right behind the cameras they're bringing us everything okay. <laughs> we have a whole team
0: yeah I love it yeah my team is waiting at their dog bowls so congratulations on on finishing your master's programs which you guys did concurrently right like you both entered at the same time
1: yes we did we both what
0: in god's name were you thinking
1: it's a great question um Do we believe in God? <laughs>
0: yeah. Or all of
1: them. Uh, what I, in
0: what in heaven's name? What in my what in your name?
1: <laughs> I feel like we were both going through the very, you know, first few months of the pandemic and at that point, Elliot had worked in an office up until then and I had worked from home, so we became very uh much in the same physical space <laughs> very quickly. <laughs> And Mm -hmm. I think with everyone at that same time, um, it was kind of like, there's so much uncertainty. What do we do? I know for myself at the time, I was feeling very much kind of, um, burnt out and stuck in the creative world that I was working in. And we had been having a ton of conversations Mm -hmm. about like, what's next? Like, what do we want to do? And I had known I'd always wanted to study psychology But in doing some research about it, there was really such minimal outlets for it of either like clinical, you become a therapist, you uh, organizational, like you work in companies helping them like structure and restructure or like advertising. And I didn't want to do any of those. And then your therapist actually recommended Pacifica uh, for me to start looking at it. And when I started looking at it, <laughs> it it's just like, I found my program there. I'm also going to go. sold immediately. <laughs> yeah, and I was still taking my time yeah, trying to decide I, I if maybe, experience. yeah, if yeah. maybe I wanted to do clinical or one of the other programs. And I was like, well, he's already made his decision. What do I do? Um, and then seeing the, at the time, engaged humanities in the creative life, I was like, well, that is a mouthful There's some words <laughs> yeah. that's um mm-hmm. that's a lot of words to fit on a diploma. <laughs> yeah it's very enticing and it's complete um, i can go with vague yeah what is this all right let me go find out uh and yeah. so we both yeah ended up starting at the same time
2: i don't know how many linkedin posts have a
0: oh go go ahead how many linkedin posts? oh no do I was gonna,
2: yeah i don't i don't know how many linkedin oh, I have 16 uh, words yeah, sixteen words. are Like if you, as long as you have a degree in the creative, depth, psychological humanities life, you can uh, apply. But it definitely seemed, I think, for both of us, like yes. curriculum. What we're looking sense.
0: for here is someone who can combine the archetypal psychology of Carl Jung with <laughs> whatever the hell you study. Yeah, at Pacifica. <laughs> exactly. Thanks. Yeah. So, would you guys take a second and sort of introduce yourselves and your your creative identities?
2: Sure. Um, my name is Grace Helbig. I started making <laughs> videos back in 2008 and I was living in New York. I, you've doing heard comedy this. Classes, I know. You've and, heard this spiel uh, so many times. You know, I I, I I, just, it took off and then it was like a whirlwind and uh, now <laughs> you're know, just my figuring book. out what's next. <laughs> yes. And I wrote two books.
0: <laughs> uh,. And I'm no, starting I, hormone therapy now.
2: I'm doing yeah. Hormone, yes, and uh, I feel much better about myself. Yeah, uh, no, it's all been. Uh, you can, I guess, answer for yourself.
1: Yeah. No, I'll. Well, yes, okay. Uh, my name is Grace Helbig. This is
0: actually a good take. <laughs>
1: and and um, <laughs> I found myself in the world of like new media content creation, digital content creation, um, and that had gone on since 2008. So you know, about a about fifth almost 15 years now at this point, and Elliot and I actually met years and years and years ago through the world of YouTube. Because, Elliot, you were doing what?
2: I was on a program called SourceFed, which was a Mm -hmm. comedy news network for millennials uh, on YouTube where we would get up at 6 a.m. and we would do five Mm. videos a day about current events and try to be funny, and people really liked it. and then i transitioned into doing stand-up and now i'm in school
1: mm-hmm.
2: there you go you should have probably prepped, uh, prepped a little <laughs> now more. i'm not doing any of
1: that <laughs> yeah now our lives are radically yeah. different yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so you started to segue into this how exactly did you meet what's your origin story
1: hmm i don't know the first time like i always knew of source fed And I was invited to come and collaborate with them in their offices, and it was like, you have to be here at 8 a.m. And I was like, that's an insane time to start making YouTube videos, (laughs) because at that point, I was doing them by myself at home every day, so completely uh, living in the luxury of my own timelines, and... I remember I went to their offices and they were like a machine. I mean, it was a very silly machine, but it was still so different than the world in which I was creating in. And I was so impressed by one that they had this big office space that was full of people kind of fluttering around making content all day long. It was kind of this like news centric Pee Wee's Playhouse that I was like, I don't know Mm -hmm. why they invited me here to participate because I felt you guys were doing like very substantial content that meant something. Mm. Whereas I was going home and drawing hot dogs on my face. So there was two two different kind of... um, Very substantial. Yeah, two different styles of content, but uh, still along the same silly lines. And so we had known each other as creators kind of operating in the same... Um, industry that was 2012
2: 2012 yeah so
1: 10 years ago yeah because if you go back Mm. and you watch videos of us together that day it is very funny because I always thought Elliot was um he thought he was better than everyone (laughs) and he was this quick-witted super smart incredibly like um news like uh, understanding person, whereas that was not at all who I was. I was running around like an actual Muppet. Uh, (laughs) And so (laughs) I was just like, wow, those guys are cool and they do something different than me. And so we were always like cordial and casual at... um, like conventions and things like that
2: Mm -hmm. um and i hadn't hit puberty yet and so that was a big i changed a little bit and life hit me and i got humbled a couple times and so that was probably a good thing your voice dropped you got some facial hair exactly i never looked back i've been pretending to be an adult ever since
0: Well, if it's if it's the same episode that I'm thinking of, I, I it was you running around. There was a, a quite a number of costumes, like there was a gigantic rack of costumes or something like that, and you were doing a bunch of costume changes. It it did it seemed like like two shows had collided.
1: Yeah, and, there was a lot. Go, it was it a was third thing. Happen. Yeah, it was amazing that they were trying to like fit me into their content at the time because it was also the era of YouTube where every um, creators were trying to collaborate with each other um, and weren't, you know asking for money from each other to work with each other like this is just like an Boy. honor to go to the source fed office and be working with them um, and to like have some of my own content from that and that was like the the darling I feel like era of that where everyone was just so excited that this was our job Uh, couldn't believe it and that there were other people doing this job. So yeah, I want to make content with that other person. Yeah. I want to make content with this other group. And so it was a very much like a, a hungry to like work together in different capacities or figure out how like two different, but similar kind of energies could collide. Nice. Yeah. That was a bunch of words.
2: (laughs) Beautifully said.
0: It's a lot of words, but I mean the, the both of you, basically helped develop the form i mean there was not it was kind of the wild west for a long time and and youtube certainly was there wasn't a lot of content and what was there it was very specific so has is that still the case for you guys are you do you feel like you're creating a third thing because both i know elliot you have a, a Do you? are you still doing a podcast
2: we do do it when we can get ourselves to do it uh, yeah uh, I do, uh, well we do um mm-hmm. I do the fundamentalists with a philosopher friend of mine named Peter Rollins and then he's I do a Freudian a Freudian right um, if you, uh, he's one of those Ooh. Um <laughs> And uh, a little Canian, excuse me. Oh, uh, sorry, I misspoke. Uh, and he uh, <laughs> he's a very fun podcast. But then I do uh, the Valley cast, which was part of the Valley Folk, which was another like comedy thing. But in terms of what you're talking about, Bradley, I mean, I, I don't want to take credit where I feel like Grace definitely changed the form a little bit. And I was part of something that I think mm. popped a little bit and had its time. Um, but well, Grace I've... definitely changed I feel
1: like I came along on this, like, second tier, like the um, Green Brothers, like John and Hank Green, um, and even Michael Buckley and Mm iJustine and all of these other really original content creators. I remember watching them and being like, whoa, you can do this. This is so interesting and kind of following them. And then SourceFed was one of the first, like, YouTube um, invested companies, right? It was created by Phil DeFranco, another, like, one OG of um of youtube at the time that was bringing news to a platform that you know diversifying the types of content that you could find there and he got financial backing from youtube to invest in making um a news network which was source fed and then you guys eventually broke off and created your own original um group without Yeah. yeah without the umbrella of the phil defranco name called valley folk um, so it was just a time of like mm-hmm. experimentation.
0: So obviously you guys are funny people. Is that even the question? <laughs> <laughs> it, it is. Absolutely. We're, it's, we're, we're in the territory. Yeah. We're all in the same fruit bowl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so since you guys are both self modeled comedians, self labeled comedians, you've done that work. You've both been steeped in improv. You're quick witted. As far as I can tell. And now you're both uh, graduated from master's school. You're masters. I think that's actually the term. You're you're a master.
2: I told my friends, I was like, you don't have to call me Master Elliot, but it's not wrong if you do. So. <laughs> I don't
1: know in 2020 if that's going <laughs> to last very yeah. long. Yeah, that probably
2: wasn't a good job. Uh, what was your I'll question? sorry, Bradley. Uh,
1: How it affects what we do now. I think that's the, at least for me right now, and Bradley, I'm sure you're probably in the same boat, and maybe this is what infuses your podcast, is that the going back to school and studying something that... Um, I, I didn't know Carl Jung, like I knew the name. I didn't know anything about him before I had mm. signed up and been accepted into the program. And really, you know, on the very first Zoom meeting that I remember we all had, where we were introducing each other to each other, I was like, ooh, I should have done some mm. research on what this whole world is. <laughs> what have I gotten myself into? What have I gotten and,
0: myself into? Yeah. But at
1: that point... It was like having so many years of doing what started as this like brand new Wild West exciting experimental content had become very like cyclical and very kind of um, had lost its soul spark, I guess, for me in a way. And so being able Mm to move towards something that offered me structure like school when I had spent 10 years of time having no structure other than self-imposed structure Uh, and studying something that, Mm -hmm. you know, promoted the idea of fostering creativity, but with actual literal depth uh, was really exciting. But now I'm in that phase where it's over and I really have to consider how this infuses and informs the way I create and it's not as um, yeah. immediate as I thought originally two years ago that it might be. And maybe that's the point. Uh, I've learned to really no slow down.
0: that are just popping off.
1: Yeah, I haven't figured out. You know, I really thought it was all of a sudden going to be like, here's another path. Go, Grace. You go this way now. Yeah. <laughs> and you
2: don't have to think or decide. Instead, yeah.
1: it's just like, here's a forest. Run no. in it. Bounce <laughs> around, see what you find, and maybe you'll get out at some point. <laughs> so I'm currently in the phase of figuring it's, out yeah, it's, how know, it's this like informs It's like LinkedIn my for work.
0: comedians. They're, they're just looking for comedians who have a gigantic resume filled with depth yeah. psychological content. That's they're, what really fills the yeah, seats. Exactly. <laughs>
1: exactly. Uh, but how about for you, Elliot?
2: Um, I think uh, if I had to... I mean, one of the benefits of doing Pacifica is I think you get to or studying depth psychology is you get to look back on your life through different lenses and it gives you different ways of viewing what happened. And if I look back now, I think a lot of it was like Mm -hmm. it was a very egoic thing with being doing comedy and doing stand up and doing any kind of entertainment. And I felt like if I could continue to do that, but do it for like a bigger cause or reason or purpose, then it might be a better way than just continuing to be like, Oh, what what can I do for me now? Like it just felt mm. very um, like I needed to kind of sacrifice for something and go back to basics and kind of reinvent a little bit. And so that's the goal right now. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So if I can ask a question about your relationship and your work, mm-hmm. how has your relationship changed as a result of 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 your comedy? I would imagine you guys collaborate a little bit. Certainly.
1: Yeah, we jokes
0: our ideas off one another.
1: Definitely, we it's been so incredible to have kind of this, you know, built in support system emotionally, but also a built in support system creatively and now academically. Like, yeah. I felt like us going through these programs at the same time, I was like, are we even allowed to do this? This feels like cheating. That I get done reading and posting, and right. I go to him, and I'm like, "Does this make sense?" And I'm, I feel like I have an in-house like expert, uh, and so it's like this is actually incredible and really unique and special that we were able to experience this education in different paths, but you know, congruent to each other, and we've spent, I think, a lot of time doing our individual education while it like crosses over, and now. We're kind of excited and been talking about collaborating more in um in content kind of settings
2: yeah, doing some kind of an official content collaboration would be nice but mm-hmm. we kind of I think a lot of our bread and butter is just mm-hmm. sort of hanging out and joking about what we're learning or what the professor said or what the other you know member of the cohort said and having like a partner in crime uh, is very has been very nice and it, it just makes it a lot like. Less stressful, and there's just little easy things of Grace being like, "Oh, don't forget you gotta like register for your classes," or me being like, "Don't forget you gotta buy your books, babe," and like
1: Uh, him being (laughs) like, "Don't forget you're awful at APA. Here's how you do it," (laughs) and it's me constantly being like, "I don't know P or PG. I don't remember."
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Where is there a decimal behind? I mean, a a period behind a decimal, a period behind this uh, closed parentheses.
2: Yeah, it's an ampersand. I just put that in anytime.
1: Uh-huh.
0: The answer is yes. There's a period behind everything. Yes. So what about the uh, the opposite? How how does being in a to use the nomenclature, being in a creative dyad, um, detract from your creative process?
2: Have you ever seen those videos on Instagram of raccoons fighting each other? <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> no, but I well, saw one coming out of a dumpster who
0: looked like Superman today. Yeah, yeah this that one is my favorite video
1: movie. now that's making the rounds. I love Slide. it. I, was just like, I
0: think you posted yeah, that.
1: I've seen it a few times now. And the other day, I, was just I, like, I just love, there's such energy behind this that I'm obsessed with. Um, I yeah. think the the one thing so defined. I feel like, and I don't want to speak for you, but like when we first got together as two separate content creators, we were like trying to figure out how we collaborate together, um, but also wanted to maintain mm-hmm. our relationship without it being solely based on the, this need to constantly collaborate with each other. And so that's kind of why school, yeah. yeah, was a big wonderful thing for us to be able to kind of not be so caught up in one just the hamster wheel of feeling the pressure to make content all the time the record wheel and to, yeah. to be able to do like our separate things, mm-hmm. but also have them sort of mesh together. And I think we've kind of gotten more excited to make content together rather than feeling like we should make content together mm-hmm. uh, and trying to like, you know, churn something out that's not really, um, Great, just for the sake of being able to do it, that we have, like, you know, all of the equipment and stuff. So I think we're trying to figure out the thoughtfulness yeah. behind how we work together and also maintain, like, our own autonomy in our own creative worlds um, and not feel totally beholden yeah. to have to collaborate all the time.
2: Yes, that is well said. I agree with everything.
1: <laughs> Thank God. <laughs>
0: you talk a little bit like grace I know a lot of your work well you've you you're very prolific these days there's oh, and man. I can't quite imagine how you were able to do so much over the last two years and still get all of your work done because you're doing a podcast you're interviewing people you're also doing your show like yeah.
1: what the fuck well I <laughs> how, I, how I, are I you actually, finding content I well, to be honest that's not how i've felt this whole time i've really felt like in starting school i started to drop a lot of the things around me that i was working on and really try to make space which was incredibly uncomfortable because i had come from years of Mm. conditioning myself to believe i need to be constantly making something i need to be constantly doing something and that's value that's self-worth and that's the the life cycle of someone online. I've seen it happen. If you slow down, you get ignored. You get, um, you know, people won't remember yeah. you. They move on, and so it's this constant like um, snake eating its tail, but not in a good way, not in the death rebirth way, just in right. like a not in the cannibalizing way. <laughs> itself. And um, and so yeah. I started to really drop things, but also. You still have this need to be creative and um, I think one of the biggest things that school taught me is just like it's okay to not know exactly where you are in your creative world right now and to just sort of like really be in that and pay attention to what those feelings are because I was moving so quickly before school started that I was sensing that I was feeling off and bad and burnt out, but I wouldn't let myself like really face that head on. And it's still an ongoing process. I feel like I'm finally getting a little bit of excitement about maybe making more content. (laughs) Um, But we'll see if that, if I have the the follow through for that, but it's, I can't believe that like I have anytime I felt overwhelmed about the work and we've talked about this too, I couldn't believe that everyone else in our program had full-time jobs, full families, yourself and like the fact that you guys were getting all of your stuff done yeah. with like real substantial life and work things. while it's just us sort of right. dicking around. <laughs> <laughs> like that, what you guys accomplished is way more impressive <laughs> than what we did.
0: It's all about our perspective, isn't it?
1: <laughs> that I also didn't want to just like Do school the way I had conditioned myself to make content in that just get it done and move on to what's next. Just get it done. Like I think only in the uh, second to last quarter of the program did I did it really hit me that like I gotta be present with this work right now and like stop just moving through it like the Kool Aid man and just like actually pay attention because it's gonna be over (laughs) soon and I'm gonna look back and be like. Oh man, I wish I was like there with this material more than just trying to get it done. I don't know if you've had, Elliot, the same feelings.
2: Uh, Yeah, I mean, um, it goes back to what one of my professors at Pacifica said, uh, Dylan Hoffman, at one point on our first one of our first residentials, he was like, you can go through these programs and not really be doing depth psychology and still get like a degree. But if you really, really want to do it, it takes something more than just like reading and doing posts like you got to go into it. And so I think uh, no one can do that all the time, but definitely as you get more inundated with it, I think it becomes kind of impossible to, to not sink in a little bit further Mm -hmm. yeah I think I just repeated what you said (laughs) you're so succinct though yeah (laughs) thank you so much I'm
0: curious um, because you guys did such parallel scholarship and which you know like Dylan I know taught in both programs that you guys took and there's so much crossover and it's all kind of based in the same pedagogy how much do you feel that material is absorbing uh, or transmitting itself into your work i know grace you said that you're now starting to kind of sink into ideas of maybe producing something and you've talked about collaborating on things but like where are your ideas taking you now that you've really boiled yourselves in this jungian stewpot for an archetypal psychological stewpot for so long
1: beautiful way to put that (laughs) Mm -hmm.
2: and thank you for telling us how to pronounce pedagogy
1: uh elliot
2: (laughs) um it it it, i think it hmm, i think one of the major benefits excuse me is um it's gotten me really curious about a whole bunch of other areas and so it's sort of awakened in me a a Mm -hmm. really nice appetite for knowledge from other areas that aren't just like depth psychological. Like it's getting me interested in history, um, and in politics and, and in figuring Mm -hmm. out kind of where like, okay, I got the, the depth stuff. I have a general like worldview, but what, what what do i build off of that like if i know the space and if you know what do i how do i actually apply this to real material issues that are going on in the world and then how do i try to do that in a way that doesn't come off like i'm trying to be you know like boring or preachy or anything like that and like keep it lighthearted. i think a lot of people right now are generally very hungry for stuff with depth but also with levity and that's kind of as broad strokes as that is kind of I guess the goal that I'm hoping to go in and I think Pacific helps with that a lot
0: yeah for sure and there's a lot you know talking about archetypes I know Grace you and I have talked about the trickster yeah. and bringing that energy into into work and obviously in comedy there's there's that presence of both being the failure and being vulnerable as well as poking fun at. And showing the the failure and the vulnerability of others seems mm-hmm. like there's a lot of totally. applications for that, especially now. And <laughs> there's so many buffoons to make fun of.
1: Yes, <laughs> again. <laughs> um, yeah. I. Uh, I think just that, uh, Bradley. Like I, Elliot. He, I think is extremely academically minded. Like I said, he came from this source-fed platform that was just like a really. It was you know, intelligent and well thought and then presented in a clownish kind of way. And, uh, but you've always had Mm -hmm. just such an, uh, like you're a voracious like person for education. Like you eat it up, you, you devour books. And I think you really (laughs) are hungry for knowledge. And, Entering into an academic setting, I was so overwhelmed that, like, you have to take on this type of um, brain structure that I just, you know, never really had. But throughout the program, I really reminded myself to connect to the trickster, to connect to, like, this can be silly and serious at the same time. And that's what I started yeah. doing online that I love that I felt like I fell away from like the joy of being silly and I was taking out on just the pressure of being available online and feeling too kind of overwhelmed by all of that. So I've been, and you and I have talked about this before, like just really trying to get connected back to, um, the, the, the fun, silly, but also with like sneaky depth, you know, like the hermeneutic kind of style of communication of just like a wink communicates so much more than you can say in like a full, um, you know, lecture. So I'm trying to figure out how that morphs yeah. into, or at least just trying to keep that as like the foundation, like when I feel really stuck, just reminding myself to well, what, what could be fun or silly about this.
2: One of the things, too, that I've found is with both of us, I mean, again, I don't want to speak for you, Grace, but I would say that one of the when you're bringing like the quote unquote trickster kind of thing, the hermeneutic thing, uh, it, it. Tells you very quickly whether or not you're doing it because you're trying to communicate something subversively or yeah. humorously, or if you're doing it because you're being defensive and you don't want to be mm-hmm. vulnerable at all. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh crap, now I'm learning something else about myself, and now I got to incorporate it. Now I got to actually be serious, <laughs> and this is going to be uncomfortable. And here That's we go. That's a beautiful thing about uh,
0: improv in particular, and improv is such a, a wonderful skill, but we reveal so much about ourselves. The whole idea of saying yes and yeah. to whatever the fuck comes yeah. up. Um, and, and going with it, you know, warts and all. I mean, what could be more therapeutic potentially, I guess, could also be a disaster. <laughs> yeah. but, but when you really give yourself, you know, up to that... Mm-hmm. It's I forget what's the Del Close quote about. Follow your fear. Follow your fear. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, I knew it was something absolutely pithy and, and brilliant. But yes, I mean that's Joseph Campbell, right? Yeah. The the cave you fear to enter is holds the treasure you seek. Well, th- that's it in a in three words. Mm-hmm. And on stage in front of people. Improv too. I so feel like. So there's definitely.
2: Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Hey, improv. Uh... I think, too, is... Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Anyway, uh, improv, uh, I think, helps was, when you, right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We'll get it. It'll come together in post. Uh, oh, imp- oh, God. Uh, improv, I think, also shows, like, there's something going on unconsciously. Like, the, yeah. the depth psychology is the psychology of the unconscious. And when there's been moments, not many, because improv is not a like, super my thing, but moments where, like... Stuff comes out where you go, I don't know who said that, I don't know where that came from, I picked up on something, and or someone else picked up on something I said, and they say it at such a perfect time, they're like, what's happening here in this like between space, between these human beings, and a lot of mm-hmm. depth psychologists being like, this is what's happening, or this is what could be happening, or this is a way of thinking about it, and I think that's really cool. <laughs>
0: a nice thing I was just someone was oh god I forget everything now that I'm not in a regular scholarly practice But I, I think I was reading something about the the value of the the only way you can read text on a page is because the page is white Right. And it's the spaces around the letters that allow you to see the letters. It's not the letters themselves. It's this, it's all this other negative space around it. And to that point, you know, of depth psychology and, and comedy for that matter is all about, it's all about the failure. It's all about the being human. It's all about the the space in between. Um, And yeah, it's, uh, it it seems like a, a real natural progression we hope.
1: Here's hoping. <laughs> I
0: love these just pregnant pauses that happen as a result.
1: Yeah, no, we're just letting it sink in. <laughs> mm,
2: bathing in it.
0: <laughs> sink in. Yes, exactly. Beautiful. Um, where to go from here? I don't know. What's making you guys interested? What's exciting you guys right now? Especially well, given what you've just experienced and the fact that you're Kind of just sinking into, oh, yeah, real life and stuff.
1: I think you're excited that you're in your Ph.D. program. That's huge.
2: Right outside oh. the door. Yeah. Bury the lead.
1: Uh, <laughs> And that you, yeah, you, you've you announced it. I, I had that moment of panic of like, did I just say something that wasn't knowledge? Um, I mean, story, of my And life, we're but,
0: live with Grace Helbig. Did I Ellen. just
1: say something that wasn't knowledge is the log line of my entire Pacifica journey. <laughs> I'm
0: sorry. Yeah,
1: I'm sorry. Yes. Uh, but you, yeah, your PhD is a huge endeavor that you are starting out on. You just crossed a major threshold.
2: It was very nice. I got one year of studies wow. and then I got two years of uh, PhD, but it is crazy how fast two years goes by. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm very excited about, it. but in terms mm-hmm. of in general of things looking forward, I think both grace and I have, and again, I don't want to, you know, speak. We don't want to speak for agenda. We're so
1: respectful uh, of each uh, other. So Jesus. <laughs> uh, it's exhausting. Jesus. Uh,
2: but I think there's, it's going to be really interesting just kind of for us to make some hard, creative decisions about what, is actually going to materialize out of this instead of it's very easy for me to to go, oh, I'm reading, I'm doing school, I can't do anything, I can't undertake a new project. And I think a lot of that is fear. And, and mm-hmm. so I don't want school yeah. to become like a, a way for me to hide necessarily from the world, even though I love it right. very much. So it's a matter of figuring out uh, how to balance that and yeah. what it's going to look like, I think, for both of us. I mean, yeah, Grace started- that's
1: for sure. What I'm going through is that I really felt like for good reason. I use school as a safety net because it gave me permission to really step back from feeling completely suffocated by the Internet and offered me. A new language and a new perspective to look at that world and not just feel resentment mm-hmm. for being, feeling stuck in that world. And though I'm still constantly, yeah. you know, trying to make sense of my relationship with it, I do feel like I gave myself a hibernation period with school. And now, though it is incredibly scary and I have a lot of fear about it, I really would like to. Um, you know, challenge myself, encourage myself, maybe it's a more gentle word, to um, make content again. I don't know exactly what that looks like, but I know that one of the, like, if I had to try to guess what my um, acorn theory, you know, walnut would be, it's that I want to make people laugh But I also want to like help people in some way. Mm -hmm. And if laughter is the best way to help them, because I can't be a doctor. Um, So that is the only medicine I can really prescribe to people. I have taken my time to try and like look at this world that was bringing me a lot of um, stress and be able to kind of shift a perspective, which I think depth psychology does in general, like no matter what. Um, creative endeavor you're in no matter what professional practice you're in it's able to kind of shift the way you perceive yourself and you perceive that uh, yourself in that world and so I don't want mm-hmm. to rest on my heels I want to kind of like push myself forward the same way I sort of push myself forward into that the school and the program in general and and see what happens say yes yeah. You know, and then uh, and and figure it out from there, so that's what's next is that we really have used this as a safety net, and I think both of us are kind of excited and terrified to like challenge and push ourselves to like actually start doing stuff again,
2: yeah, and I think there's a um yeah that fear of not being able to like come back or or, or to take a break, and you know everything will be destroyed when you come back. One of the things that I think grace and I I think originally bonded over, or at least connected on, was a kind of an acknowledgement that we're very fortunate to have however many. People who actually watch us over the years, and who continue to watch us, and who continue to support in whatever iteration it is, and so it's like it's also going like, well, what do they want? Like, what is what am mm-hmm. I? How am I helping those specific people who yeah. who weirdly know me, even yeah. though they don't think that they know me or they say that they don't? I'm like, no, you kind of have seen me go from the
1: ten years, yeah, that's like a long ten time. years is a long time to be watching any person yeah. in any yeah. capacity. So it is its own form of collaboration. <clears throat> in that sense to be like you're Mm -hmm. growing with this audience but you still want to be able to communicate effectively and be communicated to by your audience effectively and work together in some way that's truly like why the internet has become so the biggest thing (laughs) ever is this like availability and immediacy and like this form of connection that can be so raw and vulnerable and can be so immediate and effective at the same time so I think um it can also yeah. be completely overwhelming and a chaos zone all unto itself. So it's finding, at least for me, finding the balance right, of how right. I dip a toe in without feeling like a Loch Ness monster just ripped me back down into the pond. So that's what we'll be working on.
2: Killing that metaphors, yeah.
1: baby. Great stuff hey, today. I mean, I learned something from James Hillman.
2: There you go. We got acorns. we got
1: oak trees. Can got, you tell oh, that my final paper monsters. I handed in last week cited Hillman primarily? Ooh.
0: Beautiful. Nice name. drop.
1: (laughs) Snap. Hey, I got to prove I got an education in something. (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing
0: more relatable than than the human experience. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's interesting to hear you talk about the last 10 years where people have gotten to know you, obviously, and you're following the zeitgeist of your own intuition and your own intention as relates to your experience of the world. And so there's this kind of back and forth play. I'm curious for you, Elliot, as you're thinking about pursuing this, or are pursuing this doctorate, I'm assuming it's in the DJA program, which is the the Jungian mythological
2: um, studies. Yeah, Jungian uh, archetypal. Another one of those really highly applicable. Right, um, um, uh, words, that, <laughs> words that no one knows <laughs> w- what they mean.
1: When people ask me what's Elliot getting his degree yeah. in, I have to be like, psychology. <laughs>
2: And then you kind of wink yep, and you yep, wait. Yep. Yeah, all the words.
0: I'm just going to take those and put them over there. There's uh-huh.
2: no follow-up death questions. Death psychology.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Which It is death psychology. Uh, yeah, I mean, what was your question? Sorry, Brad. It is, sometimes. <laughs> How are you going to use your damn doctorate?
1: Mm, yeah. Ooh,
2: my goal that's, is... That's the punchline. Um. A lot. Well, this is... I don't want to talk crap about anybody specific, but I will say that a lot of the inspiration... Sorry, buckle up, baby, this is gonna get slanderous. Uh, a lot of the inspiration came from we seeing go. a lot of uh, public figures who um, say a lot of things that I think are detrimental specifically to young men, and uh, and right now, it seems to be growing, Yeah. and so a lot of this stuff that I've written about in school has been about that kind of demo, and I think a lot of that comes from having done Name names. Set. Ooh, where do I begin? <laughs> <laughs> Some of them are unions. so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, uh, <laughs> name names. That's exactly actually what one of my, my professors said name in my names. paper. Can you name names without yeah. libeling? Who are you
1: talking about? I'm not
2: risking it. Who specifically uh, are you talking about? Yeah. Like, I'll send you a link. Get risky. Yeah, so I think my goal is to kind of do, like, be a, you know, a lot of it was, it goes back to, and I think Grace can relate to this, but again, I would never want to speak for you. Uh, but <laughs> a lot of the people... getting
1: annoying now. <laughs> a lot of the people
2: throughout the years have referred to this kind of generation of YouTubers as being akin to like a big sibling or a big um, cousin or something like that that they've sort of gotten to grow up with. And now that they're grown and then we're kind yeah. of growing in our own ways, I think it's... It's a lot kind of carrying that forward, but in a more mature, thoughtful way, and when I look at the internet right now and a lot of public speakers, it feels like their job is to rile people up and be as divisive as possible, and uh, I don't like that. So my goal is to remedy that in whatever medium possible.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. It's funny, too, because I think about people like Emma Chamberlain, who's done, you know, basically had a, a camera on her for the last whatever, five, six years. And you've seen this maturation process and complete transformation into, you know, a vogue yeah. superstar, essentially. And now doing these completely different things that I think the number one and two ambitions of young people right now in terms of career goals are youtube Mm -hmm. influencer and instagram model Mm -hmm. right excuse me and that that doesn't happen for everybody right that that can't happen for everybody and we wouldn't want it to happen for everybody
1: yeah that's my you know a lot of my our work and investigation and um, kind of ruminating on and projects presented at school um, started to slowly hone in on this idea of persona and this like um, over-identification with the mask version of ourselves, which is essentially the way so yeah. many people kind of unconsciously operate on social media platforms, myself included. The reason this became such a important um peace for me in all the things that we were learning about at pacifica was because that's what i felt myself trapped in was oh my god i had this amazing opportunity to work in this world that was developing as i was developing my comedy voice and in doing that i became totally locked into this idea of myself that i had cultivated just completely externally online with you know, constant uh, external validation and feedback from an audience and really solidified like this is who I am yeah. and this is how I operate around everyone else except for myself. <laughs> and so, oh, that's a real icky yeah. place to be in after a while. And I'm concerned that that is happening so, so unconsciously with so many people, especially now that they're. Access to the internet is inborn. It's embedded in their hand the minute that they're born. Yeah. And all of this, you know, new wave of content creators have been doing this since they were like six or seven years old. I mean, I started doing this when I was twenty one. So I had some idea of my youth wow. without this access and without a constant like representation right, of right. myself being presented to the world. Um, you know, when I started improv, it was like the conscious choice to present myself in a performance way. And then doing internet, even if you're not trying to be a performer, you're unconsciously making a choice to present yourself performatively to an audience. And that I feel Absolutely. like over time yeah. is just going to embed itself to the point that people aren't going to realize when they're performing and how to be if they're not performing. I feel like... um You know, we just watched this documentary about Woodstock 99 and how absolutely fucking chaotically terrible it was. And the craziest part is that we're watching this going, wow, I remember hearing that it was terrible. But... Not this bad. And it's because everyone, not not a single person there had a phone. Not a single person there. All the camera footage is from MTV or people that brought, you know, at-home cameras. And that's not the case anymore. Everyone has phones. Everyone's performing. Everyone's documenting everything. And so there's a huge concern for me about just the over identification with the way we express ourselves online um being more valid because there's numbers attached to it than you know inner uh, validity aka psychic wholeness i guess in some capacity so it'll be yeah. sorry i What's just i think I just psychic,
0: re- the existential <laughs> version of 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 your of your um face muscles hurting from smiling too much right like, yeah. you, know, yeah. you yeah. realize that you've been on camera for the last 10 years or 5 years or whatever and you're like wait I, who am, I, I? am stuck <laughs> yes. in, in this thing. exactly who am I this I mean what an awful existential crisis
1: uh-huh. and that's what brought me to Pacifica <laughs>
2: Uh, yeah, we're also <laughs> all these uh, like we don't want to be the get off the lawn like uh, no that's the people, thing because we're guilty of it every day <laughs> and we're also going like not right. even just with posting right. things but we'll sit there and sc- we made up for posting with scrolling like
1: ten oh times yeah times over but that's the thing to me is that it's 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 yeah. realizing that it's a tool that you build a relationship with the same way like you have a relationship with a hammer that you use to put a nail in a wall. Mm-hmm and you don't need to hold the hammer while you're making eggs in the morning all the time, <laughs> that this thing can be uh, That's one way to crack an as... egg. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I have been doing it strange lately, but uh, I feel like there's a, you know, I only speak from my own personal experience with it that maybe speaks to other people's experiences. Um, realizing that it's, you know, everyone cultivates their own unique experience and relationship with it is important. It's just like investigating what that relationship is and how it feels for you and where can it be positive for you and where is it maybe negative for you? Yeah.
0: And I, I realize the irony I'm creating a, a course online specifically designed to help Young people reclaim attention and who are kind of suffering from anxiety and depression as a result of, among other things, overuse of social media. Yeah. And the irony of putting that material online is a little <laughs> hard for me to swallow but like here's here's an instagram sponsored instagram ad about how you should stop using your phone so much it's like yeah, come join me you, in this
1: class buddy? about learning to regain yeah, your confidence right. just like do this as post i say and <laughs> not as i do Oh,
0: that's great. <laughs> like and subscribe alright yeah take your life back right on wow The time. I, this is like we could start here and have a whole nother podcast I feel like we just hit our stride on what we're talking material. about here yes I want to pose my final question to you guys and you can take this wherever you like you can answer together you can answer separate. actually why doesn't Elliot just answer for you because obviously he speaks for you thank and you. everything yes. thank you so much um, <laughs> What? Yes. Yeah. Uh, he's he's getting a PhD after all. Yes. He can speak yes. for me too. Yeah. Yes. So, what is the question that's not being asked?
2: Oh. What is the question that's not being asked?
1: Profound. Um, I mean, the first thing that came to my mind was like,
2: excuse me.
1: Oh, right. Excuse me. You 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 speak for my mind. Yes, I, I got it. I, I know. No, no. The first question, and this doesn't make sense to me because I do think this is what people are asking themselves more and more now. Is like, um, how do I get okay? (laughs) Like, I think there's a huge obvious like (laughs) um, highlight and emphasis on mental health. I don't find it surprising that it's coming on the heels of having the Internet and social media for this many years. I think this is the natural byproduct of it, the cycle of it. Um, And I think people are, you know, I have anxiety and depression and all these things that are becoming just like the regular byproducts of uh, social media use. It's like cigarettes give you cancer and social media gives you anxiety. Yeah. So it's like these are the warning labels that might need to start yeah. coming on all of these uh, platforms. But I think, at least for me, the question I have started to ask myself are like, how can I be okay? Rather than like, am I okay? Because the answer is always going to be like, no. And then it stops there. Yeah. And I, all I do is <laughs> feel bad. Right. So it's like, how, how can wow. I yeah, I, but that's a specific mm-hmm. to me question. That's not general, no, universal question. You're not
2: going to believe it, Grace. That's okay. I, that's very similar to what I was going to oh, say. Okay. It was, but it's more long. It's more wordy, and it's not as good. Okay. Uh, but I was thinking about that question. I was like, "There's something to be said for when you when you're anxious and when you're in programs that you're learning about stuff that's difficult to articulate, let alone implement." You're constantly asking yourself questions to the point that I think the only question that is needs to be asked is like, why are you so worried? Like it's mm. gonna be okay. Like why are you why are you driving yourself insane worrying about how to fix the next thing? And I think that is like maybe. Yeah, a nice because a lot of the the Hillman stuff that I really liked was in in archetypal psychology is like recognizing that the ego is heroically very often heroically driven and it wants to conquer any bad thing that comes your way. But if you just like sit down and you're like, okay, this Mm -hmm. doesn't I don't need to fix everything right now and I don't need to have the answer to every question. Then I think that's really nice. I'm not there, but maybe one day.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's so easier said Mm -hmm. than done. But I feel you. Yeah.
0: (laughs) But absolutely, there is something to be said for for living in the question for a little while, you know. And mm-hmm. th- things things will move forward. They might not be comfortable. In fact, they'll probably get worse before they get better. But oh yeah, yeah, we're all moving forward, right? So you can either run screaming, or you can stand and, and face the wave as it comes, or get to higher ground. I guess that's the other option. So. <laughs> get to higher ground and help other people bring bring them with you get a boat build a boat that's what we've learned today exactly well grace and elliot it's a pleasure thank you guys so much it's great to see you and congratulations on finishing this step and good luck on all what all that you're getting ready to do
1: thanks bradley thank you for having us and preemptive congratulations when you finish your next step yep
2: thank you bradley and uh congrats thank you Pre congrats and uh yeah i mean we could keep chatting for hours like you said but um thank you for having us
0: absolutely take care you guys
2: Bye. Bye. bye